Hello, I'm alive. I hope you are too. Hope you're all doing well. Okay. Anyway, today we're talking about perfectionism. I mentioned briefly that I was a perfectionist in my first episode, um, and it's awful, and I hate it. Um, so I wanted to talk about it here. Because I was like severely suffering, and I was like, you know what? Might as well put my suffering to use, you know. So here we are. When I started researching, it was really hard because there seems to be a bit of a debate on what perfectionism really is, how you're supposed to classify it, all that stuff. Like it's just all over the place. It's a big mess. So. I spent like a week trying to collect information from like several different sources and found like a multitude of different scales and classifications to you know classify it. And then I remembered a book someone recommended when I uploaded like my first episode,、um, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I should read that. And literally. It had everything I had already researched all in one place, nice and organized. So, kind of wasted my time. I should have just read it first, but whatever. I still have the same information, so yeah. I'll leave a link to the book if you want to read it in the description. It's called "How to Be an Imperfectionist" by Stephen Geis. I don't know how to say the last name,、um, but yeah. I started writing this episode because I was struggling with it, but I learned that most people are perfectionists, at least in one aspect of their life. Because、um, I did an Instagram poll again, and the results were concerning. Seventy-six <laughs> percent of the people said they were perfectionists, so this is definitely a problem that most of us face. So yeah, hopefully it's useful. Um. And anyway, um, let's get started. So, what is it? What is perfectionism? Perfectionism is characterized by a person striving for flawlessness. Accompanied by critical self-evaluations and concerns regarding others,、um, but there is no consensus on this. Like I mentioned, I'll get into that in a while. But yeah, you can't really define it in one way. I just took this off of like Wikipedia. I think I don't know. Anyway, in society, it's perceived as somewhat of a strength or a positive quality by a lot of people. Um, but it's not. It's a really dangerous mindset,、um, and you might be thinking, like, okay, you know, it might be bad, but could there possibly be a benefit to it?、Uh, we'll talk about that as well a bit later.、Um, but from my experience and from my research, perfectionism is very limiting in all areas because. Your goal, not even your goal, your standard is to be absolutely perfect, and knowing that this is impossible, you don't even try to reach it, 
and you're just more focused on failing than actually achieving success and yeah so that's briefly what perfectionism is let's look at what causes it now as you may have guessed there is no consensus or a single cause like a lot of things but here are some of the potential causes insecurity an inferiority complex or expectations from schools or your parents at an early age that set high standards for you so you know you kind of learn to be like that later on as well um what drives your perfectionism this isn't like a cause but what drives it after you have it is the fear of failure and what the failure symbolizes essentially um like every little failure will mean something for your self-worth so for example if you get a b um you know it's already bad that you got a b um but what the greater fear is that you're failing at something you want like if you get a b in a test you really studied for or if you get a b in a subject that's your favorite so yeah those are some of the causes i'm really like going over this briefly because i have a lot to get through um okay so let's see how this leads to the different types of perfectionists and the perfectionism uh this is like the more messy part because it's like i mean the whole thing is messy but this is the main bit so as i mentioned before there are several different scales and classifications um but for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to talk about the three I saw most often. Um, okay, so the first one I came across was more of a scale. I think this was the one that was developed the earliest. I don't remember what year it was, but yeah. Um, so the scale is basically, it ranges from normal perfectionism to neurotic perfectionism. So normal would mean like a healthy amount of perfectionism. And neurotic would be like the opposite where you never have satisfaction. Um, But the problem with this is that there is no healthy perfectionism. Because what it's trying to say with normal perfectionism is that you still have freedom in what you're doing. Um, But perfectionism is the absolute extreme. If you you are a perfectionist, you you don't feel any sort of freedom. So, I don't know about that one. Um... The second type of perfectionist classification is two distinct types. So this is in a scale. Um, It's you're either paralyzed or overdriven. Paralyzed would mean you avoid taking risks and challenges and just stick to what you know. So you would much rather do something that's simpler, but you can do perfectly or you can do really well rather than like trying to try something new. Overdriven would be similar to neurotic perfectionism. You're always striving for more and you're always trying to do the next best thing, but you're never satisfied with your results. The last classification is three different types. um, Self-oriented, other-oriented, and socially prescribed. Self-oriented is when you have unrealistic standards and perfectionistic motivation for yourself. 
Other is the same thing, but for others instead of yourself. And then socially prescribed is keeping the belief that other people expect you to be perfect. So again, a bit of a mess. Um, but in an attempt to keep it simple, I'm just going to talk about it in general terms. Uh, yeah. So let's move on to the benefits of perfectionism now. Uh, you may have guessed, and I've already said this, but, um, there aren't any real benefits. Uh, so the ones I'm mentioning, these are like apparent benefits. So one apparent benefit is the illusion of greatness. You keep dreaming about this perfect world, but you don't actually try to create that or even like work in this imperfect world. So you know you have this potential to be at this high and perfect standard, but you never actually use that potential. The second benefit is the protection against symbolic failure. Uh, kind of mentioned this earlier, so like what it means if you fail, um, it protects us against like low self-esteem and from destroying our hopes and dreams, basically. Um, it helps to kind of think of perfectionism as a defense mechanism to protect you from harm, but we know that overprotection or staying too sheltered hinders your development. So if you can't take any risks and accept challenges, then you can't learn from them and you can't grow further. You're just stuck at that same level. And this all comes from setting really high expectations and standards for yourself. Uh, these are called the perfect standards and they're in three different areas. The first one is context. So for example, um, you want to paint, but you don't have the entire like 36 brush set or the entire like six different types of paints that you want. Um, you won't do it until you have those things because you're not in the perfect context. The second is quality. Um, kind of self-explanatory. Basically you want the best quality of work or nothing. So like. You want 100% on a test or you just don't do the test at all. Um, and then the third and final one is quantity. This is to do with setting your goals. Like you set really high quantitative goals. For example, um, if you have a 2000 word essay you need to do, you would assign yourself the goal to finish it under like X amount of hours. Um, and obviously these are all unrealistic or unhelpful and when you don't meet those standards you feel guilty and then you relapse so taking off from that we come to the consequences of perfectionism in a little bit more detail um there's a lot i'm mentioning a few here again like i said keeping it brief or trying to um so the first one it increases the likelihood of depression, suicide, and eating disorders. So that's not fun. The second one, procrastination. You tend to do a lot of passive things that you can't have anything go wrong in. So like watching TV, you can't really mess that up. Um, number three, 
it hurts your performance. So like instead of actually, you know, as most people would think, um, make you do like work to the best of your ability, it might actually put so much pressure on you that it interferes with your focus. And you've probably felt this at some point, like whenever you're consciously thinking about doing something, it's harder to do. So yeah. Um, and the last one I'm mentioning is self-handicapping. So you make excuses to avoid challenges and you don't really practice or do any productive work. Um, and yeah, these are not ideal situations you want to be in. and You don't want to deal with those. So now the question is, how do you change? Before I get into that, I just want to say that I know this is all easier said than done. It takes a lot of effort to actually implement any of these solutions. So just keep that in mind because it might sound like I'm presenting them as like simple and straightforward. Um, I myself am still trying to work on this. So yeah, it's not easy. Don't feel demotivated if you don't instantly um, change your mindset. Anyway. Number one, the first thing you need to understand is that it's easier to change your mind and emotions through your actions. So instead of trying to inspire yourself by reading some motivational quotes on Instagram, it's better to force yourself to do something first and then your mind will change automatically. Again, it's really hard to actually force yourself, but yeah. Um, we'll look at the sort of things you that might help you do that um next we need to recognize the real aim to kind of get rid of your perfectionism it's basically to lower your expectations it sounds kind of backward but by lowering your expectations you're actually giving yourself more freedom so how exactly do you do that well, the first step to solving any problem is acknowledging it. So when you want to do some work or you want to, I don't know, read a book or whatever, anything productive, and you feel yourself thinking negatively, acknowledge that they are negative thoughts and then try to approach it with a different angle. A practical way to work through that that I found helpful is to write it down. Get a journal and write every thought that's crossing your mind. It makes it so much easier to work through a problem when you can visually see it on paper. Um, and if you're too lazy to write, you can just type it in your notes, but just put it down somewhere. And then while you're writing, think about what the outcome of you doing that action would be. What's the best and worst case scenario and what's the most likely outcome? Once you have all of that down, it'll be easier for you to make a decision and move on with your life. Another thing to know is that it isn't telling you to stop being optimistic, okay? Just because you you don't want to be a perfectionist doesn't mean you don't keep a positive outlook on life and you don't, you know, strive for better things. Um, it's important that you have optimistic general goals but not specific ones. Don't set like really high quantitative standards. Um, something you can work on for this 
if you're a planner, which you probably are if you're a perfectionist, um, when you're making your schedule for the day, break it down into smaller tasks and then work on thinking with what is called a binary mindset. It's essentially being content with if you've done anything and not if you've not done anything. Um, basically, you don't have to worry about how much you've done, just that you've done it or not. Um, and again, this is all easier said than done, but you just have to fake it till you make it sometimes, even if it's, um, you know, even if not doing the perfect amount of work is bothering you, keep telling yourself that it doesn't until it actually doesn't. Um, I know it sounds kind of dumb, but it does actually work. So yeah, you should try it at least. Um, yeah, the last thing I want to mention is try to do something spontaneous once in a while. Um, just to step out of your comfort zone and kind of break that box you're trapped in. Um, like, for example, the other day, I just picked up a random book from my shelf that I've literally never touched. And I started reading it because I wanted to. It looked interesting. And I was like, you know what? Why not? It was really hard because I had already been reading a different book that I hadn't finished. And I couldn't just start a new book because I hadn't finished my first book yet, you know? But I did it anyway, and it felt great afterwards. So try to do that more often, I guess. Um, yeah, this is such a long episode. I hope you're still here. Um, that's all I have in terms of information. I hope it was helpful. Um, again, I went over everything pretty briefly. If you're interested in learning about the details, I recommend you read the books I have. I, I will link in my description, um, Daring Greatly and How to Be an Imperfectionist. Just a disclaimer, I haven't read the, I haven't had a chance to read Daring Greatly yet because it was recommended to me like yesterday. Um, but yeah, maybe you'll find it helpful. Check it out. Um, and yeah, I hope you have a great rest of